Hello everyone and welcome to episode 15 of Funky Baz and Face. Pretty excited about tonight, boys. Yes. Funky Baz and Face, big announcement. We're going international tonight. Yes. We've got a guest who's waiting in the wings, uh, ready to have a chat with us. He's a, he's a local legend, but he's gone international. And we're bringing the Funky Baz and Face brothers and sisters to Japan. Oh, Very exciting. Wow. So we've just been speaking to... Our... like Koshi, mate. We're just going, going overseas. <laughs> yep, yep. So we're taking the, uh, the overseas strategy, just like the mighty uh, Port Adelaide. Um, so we've got Maddie Gale on the end of the line. Maddie Gale, welcome to Funky Baz and Face. Funky Baz and Face, what a terrific combo! Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on board, and um, uh, really looking forward to uh, catch up with you guys for uh, for the next time. For the next time, there. Now, um, great to hear from you, mate, and thanks for coming along. Now, how's this for a bio, boys? Listen to this. He was a Woodville West Torrens junior from '95 to 2000, under 90. Under-19s Premiership player and runner-up Best and Ferris 96. He nominated for the AFL Draft in 96 and he's still waiting for his name to be called out. Under-19s captain in 97, they reached a grand final. Auskick uh, coordinator 99 to 2000 and McDonald's House Ambassador with the great Johnny Platten. Johnny Platten, you know in, Johnny uh, Platten. In 2000. Um, <laughs> He got best on ground playing on Warren Treadray in the Wyala versus West Torrens under 10s. Under 10s. Uh, Treaders will still be shattered about that. He was uh, the Broughton Mundura in the Northern Areas Football Association Premiership Player 2006. The Northern Areas Football Association Team of the Year six times. Um, SA Country Championships winning side in 2001. Top three male medal, 2003 to 2006. And how's this for one? Northern Areas Football Association, best 100 players in 100 years in 2009. Jeez. Uh, not great Is there any way we can see his vision of how good he was? <laughs> well, I think we'll, I no doubt he'll have some of, so we'll send it out this week. And I'm, I'm still going here. Ports Football Club, 2009 to 2011. Spencer Golf leading goal kicking, 2009. State Country Championships, coach the Spencer Gold Football League under-17s uh, side. Um, this one, Asaka Dingoes, That's a great uh, name. AFL Japan, two, 2013 ongoing. The Peter Wilson Medalist for Player of the Year Award. I love this one. 103 goals in nine games in 2013, including, <laughs> including 20 in one game and nine in a losing grand final. Jeez, I wonder if he Abbott. celebrates. Player, yeah. player coach 2013, 2016 onwards. President 2016 onwards for the Japan Goannas. Um, and now AFL Asia, uh, President 2018, coaching and umpiring development coordinator, Maddie Gale. Welcome to the show, mate. What a biography. I really appreciate it, boys. Um, it's, it's gone within the blink of an eyelid, and that's 30 years pretty much there and then. Uh, but but great, to, great to be amongst it. And uh, I've actually heard your podcast before. Oh, uh, that's magnificent. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the wagon. Don't worry about that. Very good. We, we never knew we were going international, so very, very pleased with that. So, um, yeah, great to hear from you, mate, and great to have you on the show now. Starting your career as a junior with the uh, mighty Woodville West Torrens Eagles, you were a dominant junior. Um, dreams of uh, being drafted. Um, any interest in any clubs? And do you have any interviews? So, Funky, I, um, I grew up in Wyal, uh, four hours north of Adelaide, and um, actually flew down. And I, I played under 10s against Warren Trudeau as the, <laughs> as the BOG. I, I might throw that in while I can. Uh, but played under 12s, uh, under 15s. 
um, right through through with the West Torrens until they joined the Eagles in 1993. So that that merger um, actually brought in the Adelaide Plains boys and and the York Peninsula boys. But they really really enjoyed those uh, combined teams against West Torrens and then got flown down twice as a 17 year old still living in Wyla. So you know Wyla's four hours north of Adelaide and. Um, Went down there a couple of times, um, kicked four goals against Scott Welsh in my first 17s game. <laughs> <laughs> he, he We're going to be here for a long night, boys. He, he was a two cup player that year, so I was, I was a little bit disappointed. Like the, the, the system of you know, um, getting players involved right across the state was, was non-existent. It was just pretty much city blokes with the old sprinkle of, of country blokes back in the day. Um, they flew me down again. And I um, later in the year, and I kicked another six in the under nine eights um, against Glenelg. So the next year, I moved down after year twelve, um, like, and just absolutely loved getting involved full time as a footballer. Um, and it just it just went from there. But unfortunately, I was pretty cruel through injuries throughout those key developing years. Um, still waiting for the name to be called out for the '96 <laughs> draft. I'm, I'm 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 still pretty hopeful that I can get something off the back of that. 103 goals in nine games only five years ago. Yeah, but outstanding. Looking, it's pretty, looking pretty doubtful. It can't, um, even the goal coach starts, mate. So, do you, yeah, cel- do you no, celebrate no. your goals, mate? Because uh, 20 goals in a game, you'd be doing a lot of celebrating. I do. And um, Rick Hollerenshaw and, and the Barley boys, Brian Lake, come over and played against the Saka Dingoes uh, a couple of months oh, ago. I saw and that. Ken can celebrate a goal and loves celebrating a goal. So... Uh, I've got all sorts of tricks when it comes to celebrating. Uh, I, I don't mind the chainsaw or, or the Mark Williams shooting shooting, uh, shooting into the sky, so to speak. But, mate, I've got all sorts of tricks from shoe shines and so forth. So did did Brian Lake get in trouble uh, over there? Was that under your watch? or <laughs> Didn't he get arrested uh, or something? Yep. I've got the last photos of Brian Lake before he uh, went to the jailhouse rock. <laughs> <laughs> And look, he developed his own entourage. He acquired an Pretty entourage while he was here. So um, Brian, you know, I went and picked up the Singapore boys, and I came back, and there was Brian. He had his own entourage um, at, at our club sponsor. So uh, Brian um, acclimatised himself very well on the back of his um, his Australian survival, which I won't go into details because I know how far he's gone in. But yeah, Brian's. Um, been superlative over the time and uh, a great ambassador for footy in Asia, even though he's actually he can actually come over and play for the Indonesian Volcanoes at our upcoming AFL Asian champs if, um, if his wife allows him to, oh, which I'm not sure she will. No, <laughs> um, I'm surprised you'll get a visa, a visa, visa yeah. going back there. But Big G, when yeah. you left uh, Adelaide and playing country footy, you racked up some pretty impressive performances. That's not even talking about the 20 goals in one game in Japan. Um, what were some of the highlights of uh, your performances in country footy? Uh, Funky, uh, great question. I just I invested in a footy club in the country. I just love playing uh, for a small country town of you know we we it was Port Broughton, Mundura. Port Broughton was about two thousand people. Mundura, five or eight houses, tennis court, a footy oval, a, you know country club rooms. Um, just thoroughly enjoyed. Being involved with the country club uh, after playing at Woodford West Torrens Eagles for, for five six years, and you know, but, you know, just got a bit lost in the system um, with injuries and so forth. So happy to go there, and you know, they treated me like a uh, a bit of a legend within the club, and you know, I just gave everything back. So the first five years they paid me as a player, and after five years I said, look, 
I had to do the extra year of fire one subject, let's be honest, but um, <laughs> so they paid me for five instead of four, and I said at the end of the fifth year, look, go and spend that money and go and buy a couple of players and let's get a premiership, and that's exactly what we did. So the, the pinnacle of that and the, the highlight was um, was the 2006 grand final premiership team. Um, but, you know, just, just going throughout, just plodding along and investing that time and just another little short... Uh, story. One of my girlfriends at the time was Gail Reed. So if we ever got married, she would have been come Gail Gail. Bit of a really strong influence to keep going back every year. And uh, this went, out, went on throughout my whole career at Royal Mundura. She was a she was actually a pig farmer's daughter. So uh, plenty, plenty of roast pork coming through. You've described it beautifully. But, was she uh, yeah. was she keen for Gail Gail? going to go over to New Zealand you know, 14, 15 years ago and I was meant to propose but it, you know, sort of uh, stumbled there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the pool, the Did you go down doing the shoe shine and um, <laughs> she thought you were proposing? Yeah, ended up with a uh, pig poo on my shoe. Mate. Yeah. That's about what happened. Yeah, but look, those times were, were sensational. Country footy in the northern areas is just sensational. You've got the you got the footy on one side and the netball, and it's all followed from from your you know seven eight year olds right through the blokes that are playing the goose at you know forty to fifty years old, um, and everyone follows it. You know you're you're not just re- representing you're playing Paul Prue like I did later, McLeary. You're re- representing a club, you're actually representing a couple of towns and a community, and that's the most important thing. And you know to give back to that that club and that community go the full circle and get the the premiership and and I always wanted to get a, a male medal because you know we, we were really low like I remember my 50th game we lost by uh, 20 goals and then you know my 100th game we you know we we were playing in the prelim for a grand final so we'd gone the full circle and you know a brilliant club brought in Mundura and um, they bowed out in straight sets just the other oh, in the in the semi-final in the prelim just the other day and you know, Crystal Brooks got a real stranglehold in that league, but that's another story. But now, boys, I'll give you a... When I think of Port Pirie, all I think about is walking down the main street with the big G next to me, and this guy <laughs> is like walking next to the mayor. Like, everyone comes up to him, big G, big G, how are you, big G? And so some of the reasons why he's such a celebrity is through his... Hey, foot, call footy, the big G. Yep, call the big G, um, is through his footy exploits, but... Also, he had a local radio show, Big G and the Rock and Ro- uh, and the Road Show, Rock and Sport, which was a weekly show and a co- commentator as well. And he had his own flair with commentary, which I remember hearing some. I haven't prepped you for this, but if you got any like, if people ask you for any commentary, can you do it off the cuff and um, do any commentary bits of famous uh, sort of like AFL plays, or you used to give nicknames to people? Look, I've got a, I've got a few, and I've, I've thought about it on the way in uh, to tonight's show, and I thought, well, what what footy club would I say Funky Baz and Face are involved with? Uh, so if, if we're going professional, would say the Crows. If we're going local, would say Barossa Footy Club. Uh, Barossa's a little bit too fast. Yeah, really. so, 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 so let's go with the so, Crows. Uh, so you got Funky Minute Mark Final Quarter Grand Final Day. Uh, the Richmond Tigers oh. have kicked the last three or four goals, and it looks like doom and gloom for the Crows. Big G's been a stranglehold in the ruckle day, and look, <laughs> I tell you what, they need something from the big fella right now. 
They've been pretty predominant in the midfield, but let's look what now, 28-minute mark, ball goes up, Big G taps down the face, gives out the pace, and then here we come to Baz, Baz hand passes to Funky, Funky inside 50, put your glasses down, ladies. <laughs> you beauty Funky, and the Crows are home, and the I'm welling up. I tell you what, the spine, I tingled down the spine. Then. Funky involved in the in the winning goal. Mate, I owe you one there. Thank you. Very, very good. Well done. And describing face with pace. That's uh, something else <laughs> yeah. that never happened. Yeah. Um, keeping on the LA Crows theme, uh, Big G. Uh, what's with all the mascots? You were Claude the Crow at some point, mate. Tell us about that. Yeah, so back in the day when I was a university student, um, my best mate Andrew Crow was playing with the Crows, and then um, his his career got cruelly cut by knee reconstruction. So any workplace in Australia, if you've got a knee reconstruction, um, you know you can't lose your job. But in the AFL, um, even back then, you know, 14, 15 years ago, that's that's a pretty common occurrence. So mm. he went into an administrative role with the Crows, and and I was just. Just happily going back and forth to Flinders University, living with the crowd diggity dog, and um, <laughs> I, 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 some, I, I didn't really fit Claude the Crow, and you know my head can swell from time to time, but I did manage to get Claude the Crow head on, and uh, like I went to a few different gigs, um, whether it be a school or um, there was a, they used to have a Darren Jarman, like I don't know, it was it an academy or, or something or other, but uh, I remember Darren, I remember going there and. Um, Young Stretchy's lad, Stephen Stretch's lad, who now plays with Melbourne, he oh, was yeah. actually Billy a Stretch, domineering... Yeah. yeah, Billy Stretch was about 9 or 10, and he was just taking hangers everywhere. <laughs> and this was, as I was called, the cry. Um, but, yeah, I had, I had a lot of um, real positive experience. Just, what was the criteria... Just, just, Big G for Claude the Crow. Did you have to do handstands? I'm pretty or... sure the Big G can't do cartwheels and handstands. No, 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 no. None of that going on there at all. But, uh, look, it was just, just being that presence and... Um, but look, I was really happy to be involved with the Crows band as well. I was the lead singer for, for a few years. So we went on Channel 9 and 10 and I think Foxtel and uh, <laughs> went out to Mitchum Gill School one day and we had a, had a bit of a showdown between the Crows band and the Power band. And uh, Look, those were exciting times. Look, we had, uh, uh, what was his name, Perry. Ian Perry. For the Crows. Sergeant. Yeah, Ian Perry. Like, rock up with a toothbrush half an hour late and... No, he was pretty unreliable. Matty Robin was our drummer, uh, Crowley lead guitar, and, and myself on the on the vocals, and mm. Crowley's brother as well on the bass. But uh, I think we were we got the better of the power. But I, I can't even remember who was in their band. But no, that was exciting times. Um, uni days had that flexibility to go and do Claude the Crow and be involved with the Crows band, and uh, you know really get yourself out there in. Indirect ways, I guess. Mate, t- tell us this one. This, this one really intrigues me, is that how you find yourself from living in Adelaide to heading over to Japan and to be playing footy and have a, a big role in, in, the, in the way that AFL footy is played over there. Um, h- how does that come about? So at the end of 2012, I, I'd, um, I stepped back um, from, from playing and I was involved with Funk Cole Medina um, with the Australian Sports Commission and uh, I organised with Funky to, to have a bit of a time out in Japan um, with a university lad I used to go to teachers college with so I came over here um, look I'm, I'm in Hiroshima Christmas Day 
zero degrees. I'm sitting on a stainless steel toilet seat, just seen the A-bomb in the museum. I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing in Japan? <laughs> um, so we catch the Shinkansen back to Osaka, and I um, happened to have a we happened to have a, a Christmas party at my future wife's um, apartment, and then go to the Nagano uh, with Hakuba Nagano, where they had the 98. Winter Olympics and a bit of um, love and chemistry was in the air, <laughs> and, and we managed to uh, hook up during that uh, stay. And I just said to Nick, my mate, who went to uni with, look, mate, I've, I've got another year of my teaching job. I've uh, got another nice. leaves pass. The equity on the house is looking okay. How about I come across and uh, let's get amongst it? So uh, look, it wasn't just about love, but it was about taking my ticket across the world and into Asia and experiencing a different life. And it's been the best move I've ever made. And, uh, look, I, I just threw myself at, at every opportunity. And then the first year with the, with the dingoes was just, just blew my mind. Uh, look, I, I blew out to about 130. I, I got down to hundred. <laughs> I did a full marathon two years ago, which I can't believe still. That's fantastic. Uh, mind you, it, took, it took me five hours 40 and uh, I, I was like an, like a grandfather for about three weeks, but you know, I've still still lost a lot of weight. But you know, this this experience has just played off in space. That's, that's brilliant, mate. You did a, a marathon at 100 kgs. That's that's a buddy great effort. Yeah. Very good. And um, going over there, married uh, two children now, G. Yeah, two children. Got yeah. a little uh, three-year-old. He, he loves footy. Um, he knows Eddie. He knows Buddy and Dusty. Got stickers <laughs> on their arms. And, yeah. Uh, he, he just loves it, and little Wren, uh, not not named after uh, Sean Wren, but um, <laughs> same same sort of name. But he's about four months, and but we just love it over here. I, you know, there's so many things that you just miss at certain times of year. You know, your AFL Grand Final, Finals period, um, Melbourne Cup, Christmas, and all those sort of things. But you know, what what I'm, what we're doing at ground level on a day in day out basis, just uh, it's just excellent. I'm loving it. Brilliant. Um, tell us about the Saka Dingoes, mate. What uh, what's going on with them? Give us a, a version to the, our Australian listeners. A very good question, uh, Funky. So the, I just rolled into Osaka and I rocked up the first train and I basically just took over um, as the as the coach. I didn't I didn't really ask him if I could do it. I just took over and. Um, I said, look, well, I'm going to play it full forward. You just put it on my head. I'm about 128 kilos. Have, uh, have you got about Have you got head. about 20 Ruck Rovers of uh, four foot ten? Or <laughs> the opposition did. That's that's the important <laughs> part. Um, no, we, we had a really uh, expats come and go here. It's mm. it's a really um, transient place. A lot of ageries, but your, your Japanese guys are the guys you invested. in. we had really rock solid Japanese contingent at the time. And that's obviously changed as well, but um, you know we we just we'd come off the back of a losing grand final on a premiership the year before, and we just come up against an all star Japanese time uh, all star Japanese team the year that we we played up in the grand final. And look, uh, Japanese footy's going from strength to strength, but that year just absolutely loved it, and um, it was the best thing I'd ever did. I had a year off footy, and you know. We, we were playing on soccer fields and rugby pitches, and we even played. The, the time when I kicked twenty goals, we actually played on the outfield of a baseball um, baseball field. 
So the 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 wing was actually on second base. In the third. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't the, they didn't put the second base out, but you know it's just one of those days where you just kick them blindly off the opposite foot and snaps and so forth and kick my twentieth with um, with about twelve seconds to go and we realised after the game like we've got twenty four goals. Who's kicked them? Oh, he kicked two and he kicked one and he kicked one. Well, yeah, must have kicked twenty. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that wasn't against the bottom team. That was against the third best team. So I kicked twenty against them and fifteen against them in the prelim and. And nine in the in the GF uh, as a losing grand final. So I tell you what, the, you know, the, the opposition coach's tactics has worked out all right. You've gone from twenty to what fifteen to nine. So um, he's done all right. <laughs> but, mate, tell us this: Do you think that the AFL, in putting footy over in New Zealand and putting footy like where Port Adelaide played this year over in uh, Japan, do you, do you think China. Uh, China? Sorry, do you think that that's a good thing? Do you see a future in AFL getting put uh, offshore? Uh, and do you see a market in that? Do you, do you think that there's going to be success out of that or not? It's a brilliant question. I do and I don't. I don't think it's going to... I don't think it's going to create a massive influx of players. But the short term and the good term is that it supports what we're doing at ground level. So the, it's, it's a bit of a, like, a, a, a short term, yes, it's good. But... When you're saying about the, the actual solution to the game, no, it's not. But what we're doing at ground level, what we're doing with local development, it's perfect. And the way that AFLX is developing, it's going to be tremendous of moving forward for what we're trying to achieve. Because, to be honest with you, we can't get... We, we can, in certain countries, get certain sizes that level up with AFL, Asia, AFL grounds. But most of Asia, you can't. Um, so rugby pitches, soccer pitches that are full size... Are perfect, yeah. perfect for AFL legs. And they're so, perfect I, for I big full forwards think... as well with uh, um, 100 kilo <laughs> yeah. kg full forwards. Yeah. Um, Matt, yeah. Um, maybe just about to your role with AFL Asia now and, and what that entails and your involvement, please. So um, I jumped on board about December 2016 as uh, just got thrust in the role of coaching and umpire and development coordinator and really... I just said, look, I'll put my hand up and do whatever I, whatever I can do to help. It uh, wasn't, you know, anything I could do. Uh, I, don't, I love riding. I love, uh, I, think, I think I'm pretty good at writing good emails and, and good stuff out there. But uh, So I, I just got involved with that and then um, got to a point about 12 months ago where the, the AFL Asian president said, look, I'm, I'm going to move back to Australia. We need someone who can hand the baton to. And I just said, look, so the president of um, Vietnam and Cambodia and, and, and um, Jakarta, look, happy, very happy to put my hand up. And I've learned a lot over the last 12 months. And um, look, we, we were in a real transition period as as far as um, AFL Asia as an entity. So about four or five years ago, we we just, we, instead of this, you know, clubs and social clubs as it was, Let's create an entity as AFL Asia. So we're a long way behind your, your AFL uh, Europe, your AFL America, Canada, New Zealand, South Pacific, and so forth. So we've, we've put our hand up, and there's been a, an astronomical amount of growth. So we're at a point now where we've, we've fully outgrown our infancy as, a, as an entity, and we're very close to getting signed off for a, a strategic uh, position with the AFL that allow us to have a full-time employee 
to to manage the governance and operations of the game within Asia. Look, we're really looking forward to that because it's it's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, there's you know there's a massive interest in India as well as China with the AFL mm. uh, commercially and the opportunities that that may exist or may may be uh, fruitful for the AFL. So you know we, we're um, we're not directly involved with that that level of it, but we're hoping that there's you know crossover between those two roles and. Um, exciting times for AFL Asia. Our first AFLW Asian Championships coming up in Kuala Lumpur on Saturday, October 13th with our normal 19th ever um, AFL Asia Asian Championships. So it's, it's going to be huge. It's our biggest one ever. Uh, the Malaysian Warriors are going to be great hosts and there's some brilliant names out there in Asia. As you may know, the Myanmar uh, co- fighting cocks and the, <laughs> elephant, the Laos elephants. Oh, and, that's uh, brilliant. And, uh, it's huge. Cracking nicknames from all those teams. I think um, some of our brothers and sisters will get onto the Osaka Dingo's Facebook page and, yeah. and look up. There's some great photos there, the Big G, the man himself, and we'll post some photos. Fair chance we'll be tagging Warren Treadray and Scott Welsh and Ricky Olerenshaw in this Andrew podcast as well. <laughs> to let them know. Big G, thanks a lot for coming on Funky Bass and Face. Been it, sensational, it mate. It was an awesome uh, chat and um, best of luck with everything in Japan to you and your family. Opportunity, really thankful for it, and uh, all the best uh, with your podcast. And looking forward to tuning in from here on in. Thanks, Big G. Cheers, Big G. Bye, mate. Cheers, mate. Good on you, boys. Cheers. Boys, love that chat with the Big G. Great value. Um, I wouldn't mind a few more recordings of Funky Baz and Face streaming down the wing for the Adelaide Crows. <laughs> That was, uh, I really enjoyed that. He was fantastic, wasn't he? He's got a good story, the G, absolutely. Very so. unique man. Mm. I love the stuff he's done uh, on the footy field, but also away from it as well. Like how many people can say they've been Claude the Crow, they've been the lead singer for the Crows band, uh, they've won mascot races, which we didn't even get to that, that was on our sheet we didn't I even think, get to. I think it's that inspiring that we might get face back at the Walkerville, Walkerville Cats next year. What do you think? Uh, well, boys. Oh, no. oh big announcement. <laughs> Here we go. Here no, we go. I'm, I'm still officially retired. Oh, uh, yes. But they're now a, a follower of Funky Bass and oh, Face, the Walkerville Cats. So, thank God um, for that. To the boys, so well, thanks mate, for tuning in. What yep. are you going to give the Walkerville Cats? You've just taken, taken, <laughs> taken yeah. and saying that you're part of them. You've given them nothing besides a broken kneecap. What are you going to do for them? I gave them two years of my life. <laughs> the, the, the amount of mention... Uh, well, you think of how many leave passes. is. That's about 50 leave passes. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, the still, amount, still working them off. The yep. amount of mentions he has given Walkerville for the one follow, hopefully they... Retweet the shies and out of everything that we uh, now provide. you are the boss here. Can we talk about what's happened on the weekend with the uh, with the amateurs and the, um, the grand finals and, and who was up and down? We don't talk about that now. Sure. sure. <laughs> uh, some good grand final results, boys, in the weekend. From Paddy oh, King, who from, gave us the insight. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had some. Um, the, well, I was following that in terms of who won, yeah, and who lost, and who uh, got promoted and stuff. Um, do you know who they were? Uh, Marion Rams. Marion Rams, yeah. my, my yeah. old team won, which uh, didn't mean a lot to me really, but <laughs> <laughs> they, they won, which was Div 7, they won. They hadn't won a game um, for like 15 years. Seaton, who yeah. Paddy Keane said was, was, uh, hadn't won a final in 20 years, a grand final they lost. So unlucky for them. Yeah. But um, there's some big games coming up in the amateurs this week. How did as well. the Jets Cross go? No, they lost. They lost as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So um, this week in the Barossa, there's a big uh, prelim final. Um, so there's a lot of finals going on at the moment. SNFL is just brilliant at the moment. And uh, North Adelaide won again, which is yeah. going to be mm. fantastic. They're, yeah. they're going brilliantly. Uh, I reckon they're a massive chance to win this week too. Do you know what? They're going to be... The, if they win the next two games, which is obviously the prelim and the grand final, the first team in SNFL or sample history to go from 10th to 1st. So that's what they're Incredible. chasing. So everyone will mm. be amongst them. I love our professionalism, how we come to our podcast and we say, did they win on the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> and can we talk about this right yes, now? Yeah. Sure. So, Face, we've got some followers. Uh, we'll have oh, mentioned, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously, Wolfle Cats, 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 the great Wolfle Cats. Cats. Yeah. Um, Jock Cameron Baz started following us. Yes, Jockey. The great Jock. He, he's a great man, Jock. Uh, so he's over in Melbourne um, doing some uh, course stuff. or stuff <laughs> he's doing over there. But I do speak to Jock quite regularly, actually. And uh, he Ask was him a, how his stuff is going. Yeah, no, he's a premiership player at the Bulldogs and a very good player. Went over to play in mm, the Geelong area. Had some concussion issues, which uh, is unfortunate for him. Did you wear but, a helmet while you? No, no, he wasn't. No, no, he toughed it out. But uh, yeah, so he's looking to get back on the train. They, well, he doesn't mind the old uh, yellow envelope, old Jock. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Jock, to our podcast. Um, probably a mention, boys. Uh, now, this is a blast from the past for you, Baz. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently winning a couple of medals overseas. Yes. Kathy Venning with her Yes. Great work. Well done. Uh, I've got a story about Kathy Venning. I'm going to keep it clean, but Kathy Venning was my first ever pash in year seven (laughs) on camp. I had to stand on a rock to to reach up to her, and everybody counted down from ten to one, and it would have been a horrific pash for her, but it was sensational for me (laughs) because I had made it. With the boys, and I was yeah. all the boys liked me for some reason more after that. So, so, so it was why, did, why did Kathy luck out and have to? Pass well, you? I wouldn't have been that great. Let's be yeah. honest. No, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, I bought her a teddy bear, <laughs> and she dumped me. <laughs> but how can you dump someone after they buy a teddy bear? Well, that was horrific. Well done to Kathy yeah. on her um, kayaking uh, yes. achievements overseas. Great call Obviously, uh, Bronnie supporting her, her a very dedicated sister supporting her overseas, and. Yes. Um, She's done absolutely brilliant. It is a magnificent story, that one, actually. And we probably would get her on at some stage, boys. We would love to have Kathy Venning on, so that would be very good. Good listen face. Um, Jess Adamson, I think, has been talking us up. Jess has been uh, talking us up, which is great. And Vanessa Clemente, boys, uh, she has been rampant with this podcast. It's so much so that she's got another man on... um, into uh, Brad, Brad Yonick, uh, plays for the North Adelaide Rockets in basketball. Uh, so both of them are just been on it uh, all all day listening to our podcast. All day. Just, <laughs> all day. It must have a bad day. So the, the <laughs> challenge for Jess Adamson is bringing Funky Baz and Face to the on-air. Yeah, Channel, um, Channel 7, 7. With her and Sodas. Yeah. yeah just yeah. working in. I think if she could work that into the commentary. Can we get into one, one of our T-shirts? Now, brothers yeah. and sisters, this is a, a monumental day because today we actually have our T-shirts on. And if maybe one of the brothers and sisters requests a T-shirt, I'm more than happy off my own back, boys. This is just oh, by myself. Yeah. Uh, our budget that we've got in, I'm more than happy to supply a T-shirt. So if you, one of the brothers and sisters... Uh, email or what? Uh, uh, how do they do it? Do they Twitter? They, oh, they Twitter we, in. I think we'd probably. Need they it. request one. I will give you a funky Baz and face t-shirt. They look fantastic, don't they? They do yeah. look good. We're all wearing so, them tonight. So, so face or broadcast. Pistol Pete or uh, I don't know one of the umpire guys that you got. Yeah, anyone. <laughs> 
We've got a t-shirt for so you. So we'll send a photo of us wearing our t-shirts. Pretty excited. We've got the funky bez and face t-shirts. Boys, I'm going to start with a would you yeah. rather. I've got a, uh, a list here. Would you rather back Hawthorne to beat Melbourne or the Giants to beat Collingwood? Definitely Giants because have you heard the latest news is that O'Meara's uh, out. Yeah. Yeah. Just when they needed um, some on-ball power and uh, someone to beat up Melbourne's midfield. I think, I think Hawthorne so. no chance. That's probably... Yeah, I agree. And losing yeah. Stratton too definitely hurts mm. them. Yeah. Um, you go GWS, even though against Collingwood EMCG will be a big task for I thought Ka- Kelly Collingwood was impressive last week against the Eagles. They I was, were great. I was actually yeah. hoping they win because I, I reckon it would just would mix up the finals a little bit. How good of a game was that? Brilliant. Sensational yeah. game, wasn't it? Very, very good. That's a, a game we knew the result of before we uh, came to air. Um, would you rather see your team dressed up having fun for Wacky Wednesday <laughs> or would you rather see your team address the media about missed opportunities? I know, that, I know what your answer on this is, yeah. and you're very much like Kane Corns. I actually, which I've always loved the way Geelong do that, but I didn't rate that the other day. I just, mm. I just thought that so, t- I wouldn't like my team to do that after that. I'd, I'd like them to be hurting like the supporters are, because I'm sure the supporters are hurting. I agree. They? I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's what Funky was saying earlier. Yeah. Like a couple of days after their final admission. Yeah, I didn't rate it. It was a hell of a lot funnier when they won the flag for you know two years in a row. Yeah, they did. Great yeah, call, every face. second year. Great call. They can go and celebrate and be idiots. But yeah. um, just like, I guess, our local teams, they just go to the pub and and um, have a drink, you know, pretty quiet, but they let the media in and have a chat. I reckon that is a good call. I reckon the fans receive it as they've just won a premiership, so they're it's all funny. celebrating yeah, it's, it's funny. Down. But when the fans are grieving oh. and when you see the players having fun, I think... Um, There's a lot of careers in trouble in that club too. Yeah. We've already ridden off Ablett about four episodes ago. So. He's done. He's done. <laughs> Would you rather appear as a guest on James Corden's Carpool Karaoke... Or appear as a guest commentator for the AFL Grand Final. I reckon that's one of the one of your worst. Would you rather? Thanks, I, mate. I, I don't even know what James Gordon is. Oh. <laughs> well, first name is James Gordon, so, <laughs> not Gordon. Um, look, he's had some spectacular guests. Carpool karaoke is an internet sensation. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, maybe get on that internet to, to climb it to Baz. <laughs> I know you're a very busy man. Um, look, AFL Grand Final, how can you knock that back with the podcast we've got? But they've had some good guests. But I can't sing for to save my life. That's, so it would be yeah. April Grand Final for yeah. me, boys. Yeah, that's the problem where I'm going. But, yeah, maybe lift funky with your okay. <laughs> All right, so I just found out, boys, there's a Would You Rather Wednesday on Twitter. Nice. And I was doing some research on just so it happens to be Wednesday. So you're probably not going to like this, Baz. Would you rather... It's, it's Thursday, actually. <laughs> no, yeah, so a courtesy of Would You Rather Wednesday, yep. would you rather be a, be a pirate with no ship or a ninja with noisy shoes? You know how I said that other one was the worst ever? <laughs> He's just surpassed it. Yes, I agree. I, I think, just like my tweet of the week, uh, his Would You Rathers are coming to a steep decline. Oh, yes. Oh. I think it could even be in a, a leadership um, spill. Coup. Yeah. 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 Uh, these right. new T-shirts, I think we have to rub out this the funky... Th- this is my last one. Oh, God. Would you rather, courtesy of Would You Rather Wednesday, would you rather be in a luxury hotel all by yourself or make new friends at a hostel. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. This is one of the most easy would you ever. New hotel 
by myself. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. Like, I thought is, you would be that, all over hostel. Like oh, a, I thought he'd be all right. So this man here who hands out his business cards at playgrounds to make new friends <laughs> says he would rather be in a luxury hotel. No, I could go to the hostel later because I could have a lot of fun by myself in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> That's my would you rather voice. Oh, very good finish. Oh, I love here. the finish. Last two debacles. You've gone from bad, bad yeah. to best. Thank you. <laughs> Baz is bait. Well, boys, I'm not happy, boys. I, I tell you what, this is going to be a bit of a, a quick fire, um, Baz's Bake. I've got a couple here to run through with you. Not happy. No, not happy. And this has been done to death, so I'm not. I'm going to go a different take on it. I think I know where he's going. Uh, Serena Williams won, boys. I know it's been done to death, right? But I want to talk about her legacy, okay? And I want it versus Roger Federer. Now, can I ask you, boys, how many titles Roger Federer has won? Over 20. 20 but really, who cares, right? Same as, same as Serena Williams. Who cares how many titles she's won? What we actually care about now, Roger Federer gets known as a great bloke. When you think of him, great tennis player, but more importantly, great bloke. Yeah. Okay, and Serena Williams, uh, do we think of her as a great person? You know, that's dubious at the moment. And I think, like, as a footballer and as you guys as footballers, when you're young, you, you want to win and you want to be the best you can be. But as you get older, you, you want to leave this, the game in a good state and you want to be thought of as a good person. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's right. And that's what I thought of when I was playing B grade at Barossa and that. And yes, the flags I want to, I think about, but more importantly, I think about mateship and I think about the people that I've become friends with and who you can give a call and, and have, a, have a drink with. So I, I don't know. I just think that the, that watch, the way she went about it was just so poor. I just think it was, it was just horrific. Especially when she was getting absolutely hammered. She obviously lost the first set, was down in the second, and then had that absolute outburst. Started to bring the emotional side of it, being a mother and, and you know, being Horrific. A, having a daughter and what she would think, uh, calling the umpire a thief. Um, all that sort of stuff was just way over the top. She, oh. To the letter of the law in a tennis situation, she absolutely deserved those violations. Yeah. Um, and it's just blown up from there with what's happened since, obviously. I mean... The, the poor girl that won the game. Yeah, yeah that's been... You know, a... I just think she her, she was her yeah. idol, yeah. Serena Williams. Yeah, yeah. I, I love where you're going there with the legacy that you leave. When, um, I don't know if you remember when uh, Federer and Nadal, I think they were playing in the Wimbledon Wimbledon final and it was such a massive build-up. The game actually didn't matter because yeah. everyone was following those two legends the way it, that they were revered. So regardless of how the game went, it's a legacy that... You leave, and I think she once she started, she dug yeah, a little bit going. deep, and she just couldn't get out of it. And I think she just kept on going, and it was completely inappropriate. It showed a massive disrespect for referees and umpires, and yeah. anyone watching that just showed that kids. Yeah, if Ch Charlie spoke about it, and it was hard for me to explain to him why she did that. Um, yeah, so. well, it's, it's interesting now that um, the Times of London. Uh, communicated yesterday that umpires are considering refusing to officiate matches involving her um, over her behaviour at the US Open. So that's mm. significant. Mm. Um, I also didn't like the fact that because it was in America too, that mm. for, if I was the referee, I would feel like I made the wrong decision because everyone starts booing, booing the referee. So yeah. I thought that they got it wrong as well. Probably the only other thing is 
She's won, what, 23 titles with trying to get 24? Who cares? Naomi Osaka wins her very first maiden Grand Slam and it's going to be tarnished through this action. If she never wins another one... Agree. If she never wins another one, it'll be horrific that she's remembered for that. Always an asterisk against her. She doesn't deserve that. So, yeah, I just thought, brought it back to the Barossa days or to, you know, the Murrabit boys there. I'm sure Josh, who's won eight, would like to think himself first and foremost as a good guy and as someone that can go back to the club rather than someone that's won all those flags. And I think Serena w- would want to be remembered as a, a good person and has left the game in a good state rather than winning the 24th title rather than the 23rd. Uh, so I hope it doesn't overshadow her career because I think some it, it, of the so many messages that she... I think she's got a lot of good messages. Mm. I think she's come from such a disadvantaged uh, family and the fact that she had nothing, and I love that story behind her, so I hope that doesn't overshadow, but mm. it's a great call... It's it's not about what she wins now. It's about nah. it's about the lessons that she leaves. So yeah, massively, massively. Good bake, Bazo. Thank you, boys. Now we've got faces fresh finds, which is uh, second weekend. What do you got on your face? Well, fresh hopefully I've got no ninjas or uh, some pirate um, uh, situation here. But would uh, you rather Wednesday is unfollowed? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple of faces fresh finds during the week, boys. Obviously, did you catch? Former Melbourne Football Club coach Mark Neild on open mic. Did, yeah, did catch um, that. So um, Twitter, Twitter I, went into meltdown. I didn't like it either. I didn't like it. Nah, look, I listened to it half an hour. Yeah. The thing that sort of really struck me with Neil was how he was so wishy-washy with his answers. Normally people on open mic, whenever they talk, it's fascinating to hear all the insights and the behind-the-scenes stories. Um, clearly, with the players that responded after that show went to air... We're just saying how he was just lying through his teeth. Did you notice he chose a bad shirt as well? I, d- I didn't look at his fashion. No, he chose... That's pretty rich of you to say that. <laughs> do, you, but, do, do you know why? Because once he was sitting down, Mike asked his first question. He was sweating under his armpits. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, He's the heat I thought you were going the check because nah, yeah, this nah. man can't uh, talk no, about check no, shirts. No, yeah, I love a check shirt. So... Um, <laughs> uh, it was Brent Maloney who was the first one who was former Melbourne Geelong Brisbane player he, uh, he said there was no leadership vote. It was picked by the coaches and uh, Cameron Schwab as part of their big five-year plan with a, a smiley face. So it's incredible the players. Then um, Brad Green, who was the captain at the time, said uh, he, basically it was Pinocchio because he was lying yep. all the time through sure it. That. So uh, the, probably the other thing Mark Newell, who remembers the opening speech that he did to his players when he first was appointed from I didn't actually mind that face. Yeah, you you shouldn't have to me. I didn't mind it, actually. I thought it was a bit harsh that... What oh, you, what you said, yeah. I think it was for me. It was the messaging. It just wasn't clear. If if that was my first impression of a coach, I'd be like, okay, where are we going? Can you put that out to the brothers and sisters, folks? I'd love to yeah. tweet that out. Let's get the feedback, and the best feedback mm. maybe wins the Funky Bad's Face T-shirt. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Um, so he's, he's not giving away a T-shirt. For free. <laughs> right, I'm going to give them away. Like if I get uh, someone. Uh, Twitter in. <laughs> Twitter in. <laughs> Twitter in. I'll give him a T-shirt. Okay, there we go. I'll send um, a fax. Uh, hey, uh, clause, maximum of five T-shirts. <laughs> uh, so Mark Neild's time at Melbourne. Five wins, 28 losses. 
Oh. Four wins, 18 losses in his first year, and one and 10 in his second year. He's he lucky to get that far, isn't he? Yeah. He probably had a big contract. Um, the, the margins of the losses were just massive. And, and the coaching record is 15% wins. Now, I can only think of one other coaching record that didn't get 15% mark. Uh, Funky, can you no, think of uh, another yeah, there, coach? There is another coach, but uh, it was a caretaker coach. A caretaker <laughs> coach. So, yes. caretaker coach is getting it. Luckily, Absolutely. though, his Goody Saints record has been like, <laughs> like exemplary since then. So, for those who don't know, uh, Baz. I had a bit of a tough time back in. It was caretaker. Can I tell you a little story? Yes, you can. Go. So I was working two jobs. I was coaching um, before I went overseas, coaching Barossa, and I came home at three a.m. from working in the bar, and I woke up at seven in the morning, and I and I was actually <laughs> physically in tears because we were playing Gawler Centrals that day. We we're going to get beaten by thirty goals, mm-hmm. and I said to Dad, I said. I cannot go out and tell these boys that we're going to win. And I was crying, right? Mm. And I grade coach. Yeah. And then I went out to the, to the boys and said, right, boys, we can win, we can win, we can win. Mm. And we lost by 30 goals. So mm. <laughs> Bryce probably didn't just tell that, that much. That, but that, that, that what I learned the, out of that is that the stress on an A grade coach, whether it be country or mm. in the league, it gave me a great appreciation of what these AFL guys go through because mm. it was extremely stressful to be in a, as a losing coach, mm. and I had old mate in the bar, old Terry, come up in the bar with big guts, and he's had eighteen beers. Go, yeah, mm. Maddie, what are you doing, mate? You should be doing this. You should, you should be sent half forward. Mm. But it was a great learning experience. So the, the amount of times as the uh, Eagles um, strength and conditioning coach that the guy would come up to me after a losing grand final and say, <laughs> "Not fit enough. You just need to get twenty percent fitter." And we, and we would have won that game. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, mate. mate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I've got two more fresh finds, boys. Uh, prelim final um, in Victoria this week is between Aberfieldy and Keylor Football Club. Now, any of those? Keylor, no. maybe. Keylor? Yeah. Okay, so Keylor was the minor premiers, actually coached by Mickey McGuan this Mickey. year. I've got a great story about Mickey McGuan, but yeah. probably can't um, say that. He, uh, they finished minor premiers, but lost the semi-final against Aberfieldy. So that set up a, a prelim um uh, just gone against Strathmore Football Club, which is coached by Nathan Grimer, the former North Melbourne Football Club. Do you yeah, big him? guy. Yeah. yeah. So they've got players like Luke Jarrett, who used to be at Woodville West Tyrants. Oh, the Flash. Um, Hamish McIntosh played for Strathmore as well. So Keylor was down, Mickey McGon's side, was down by 44 points at three-quarter time in a prelim. Straight sets if they lose. Straight sets if they lose. Finish minor premiers. They staged a remarkable revival Kicked seven goals four to two points to win by two points and nice progressed to the grand final. So wow. he's so, in the grand uh, final. And Luke Jarrett, this Luke Jarrett, is he? Uh, he's out. Oh, yeah, flash. He, he plays for the, uh, I think they're the Moors, they're called. Um, I'd like to know the next week, folks. Can you give us the uh, grand final result? Um, so actually, the, the part of that was obviously Mickey uh, went nuts after the game and was uh, very happy um, with their win. Nathan Grimer, who was the coach of the side that finished third, Actually coming to Adelaide next year, so it'd be interesting to see if there's a coaching position well, either a few in the SAFL or... Sturt needed needed someone. Yep. Uh, because that's been confirmed that. So uh, break, Matt breaking was... news: Nathan yeah. Grimer moving to Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was thinking about that—that's obviously some of your best wins if you're from Keylor mm. and your worst loss from Strathmore. What do you think you boys would have your best win and your worst loss that you've experienced in your football careers? I've got my worst loss. Mm. Uh, I was acting captain because the guy next to me broke his foot. Um, acting captain for the Brussels Districts Football Club. Jesus, uh, dad coaching at the time too? Uh, w- warm day, uh, A-grade footy, 
um, playing Nuri. We were bottom, Nuri were top. And I, I still, so I haven't played footy for over 20 years. I know the scoreline like that. It's 42 goals, 18 to two points. <laughs> we just, and um, it was a 10-year premiership reunion for the Agro players. So all the oh, premiership man. players are in the rooms before they're going, come on, guys, you can do it. And then just, just got the absolute being desolated yeah. just after that. Um, and I'm probably thinking a, a good game. I can barely remember one. Yeah, that, that was a remarkable game, that one. Um, yeah, what, I mean, was I, best, what was your best win, Badger? The, the best win is definitely the 06 grand final. Like, going against Freeling, who uh, beat us in the second semi, hot favourites. Extra time that game too, wasn't um, it? Yeah, yeah. So t- to win that, the, the 2013 B-grade flag, and it was an extra was time good. against an undefeated side. Uh, we've never won a B-grade flag before. It was sensational. I, I think the win's just overcome all the, all the bad stuff. But uh, I like the question, Face. One more, boys, from Faces Fresh Finds. Don't say that with a list, but Kelly Cal- uh, Kenny Callender. Didn't he crack that one last week? Can we edit that? Oh, the the humour? Yes. What do you say about the humour? Yeah. <laughs> less humour, I believe. Yeah. So less humour, I'll bring the same gag same each week. week. <laughs> the same gag each week. Clearly I have trouble with my S's. Um, now, obviously, uh, John Millman beat Roger Federer in the US Open leading up to his yes. match with uh, Novak? Novak Djokovic, mm, yes. um, and obviously he lost that. He, uh, up to that point, he earned $1.6 million so far for his whole career before the US tournament. He won $600,000, even with losing to um, Djokovic. So about 30% he won in that. What he talked about after the match was how he was getting uh, social media messages of hate from people that had lost bets on him. And he was talking about throughout the whole industry across tennis, the amount of cyber bullies that are on there and uh, amount of players that have fallen victim to online trolls, bitter about losing games and losing bets in the matches. He said it's prevalent. It made me think, we've got a Crows player that's decided to leave Adelaide, (laughs) Baz, and you might have sent him a message uh, after the decision came through that Mitch McGovern wanted to go back to Victoria, or to Victoria, and then you actually ran past him, and what happened? I'll just explain to my brothers and sisters here. I thought that, you know, Mitch McGovern, when I see him, mm. right, I'm going to give him what's for. I'm going to tell him, how could you leave the mighty Adelaide Crows? So I went to Office Works the other day. I'm coming out of the out of the uh, thing. I thought, right, I, I bang in straight, just about bump into Mitch McGovern. And I thought, what am I going to do? I'm going to give him all my both barrels. <laughs> so, so I went up to him and I went, okay, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Was it, was it true that you looked at him and you froze? And you I froze. Say, and you I choked. Thing. I choked like I always do. And I 94. said, oh, get mate. Get out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. So you Terrible. actually said hello to me. Yeah. Get Mitch. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Because the message you sent to him was clip. Well, it was no abuse. It was just, why? Yeah. You didn't give him a thanks for what you do for the club? No. <laughs> <laughs> they like that one, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boys, uh, thanks for this week. Great Chat to Matty G. Um, liked your content as well. Uh, looking forward to next week as well. Thanks, fellas. Very good. Thanks, boys.